Everyone can hear okay? Well, this is only my second time sharing my story, so please bear with me. A lot of my story is woven into Max's since we've not only been together a long time, but our entire Christian walk has been together. I grew up in North Van with two older brothers. I didn't grow up in a Christian environment. Family life was good, but definitely had its moments. For a reason I never learned, I didn't have a loving relationship with my mom. Growing up, dad was preoccupied with scouts, my brothers, the army, work, but we always got along, especially after I moved out. We became much closer, and in his last several years, I'd say he was one of my best friends. I didn't get to be involved with brownies, girl guides, or anything like that. In fact, I grew up hearing and learning a lot of negative self-esteem stealers from my mom. You're useless. You can't do anything, right? Why are you here? There was a great deal of fighting, and to get away, I began working when I was 13. I was required to pay a third of whatever I earned for rent, and it also meant that I was now responsible to start paying my own way school fees, supplies, clothes. When I was 16, I moved out and had my own place. I worked full-time, dropped my electives, and graduated a semester early. I've always had a full-time job and been responsible, but having my own apartment also meant it was the place for parties in high school, until I met this guy who had his own place and a hot tub. There was really no one who influenced me as I grew up. There was no foundation for spiritual guidance or living out a right area in any area of my life, my attitude or relationships. There was one friend who was involved with a youth group, but her life that we all knew outside of youth group did not glorify Christ in any way. The two lives were lived separately and never intertwined, and neither did she discuss her faith with any of us. Another friend I grew up with was a Christian and lived the life, but we didn't really associate until Max and I started attending her church many years later. I met Max when I was, six, when I was 17, at a party, of course, at my place. He was the 19-year-old uncle of a friend, and he was only invited because I was tired of hearing how cool he was. Well, we spent seven years living life together. His friends would arrive at our place Friday night, and that was after a couple hour bus ride in from Langley, and they didn't leave until Sunday. About three years into our relationship, we became involved with Amway, and it was here that we decided to check out a Sunday service. It was at one of these functions that we accepted Christ and began to make things right, and we finally got married in 97. We attended a Bible chapel in North Van, but never really connected with anyone. We moved to the Kootenays in 2000, and God really began working and drawing us closer. We even attended a service out at Balfour. Because of Max's business, we weren't around on weekends, not that that was a reason, and there were several times the service was literally at our doorstep, but we didn't go. But God has a sense of humor. We love sushi. And at the time, we were living in Crescent Valley, and I saw that there was a Bible study at the local high school. The advertisement was a crown of thorns with two nails, on the two nails for the cross on a bed of sand. 
Max thought it was a Japanese restaurant, so we went. This, <laughs> this study led to becoming part of the Junction Church. We served and we joyfully tithed. We never had a heart to serve in children's ministry, worship, or missions. That was all for someone else. I served in assisting the treasurer and eventually became treasurer. For several years, I thought I finally fit in somewhere, especially since I could work in the background. In 2009, we very seriously contemplated hopping on our KLRs and riding to South America, but something was missing. We were never ones to even take a two-week vacation. We had tried to buy homes several times over the years, but doors always closed. Perhaps this was God leading us to Weimar, or perhaps he was already saying, no, I have other plans for you. Well, we got our wish and bought property and built. While it was a great experience to build a house together, God had other plans. I began to withdraw from the church and made huge mistakes. I had lived in sin before, but I really messed up. But God loved me, and he took this clay pot and completely smashed me to bits, all so he could rebuild me. And it was through this process that I completely surrendered to God. I had previously accepted Christ, but I hadn't given my life to him. And he had a lot of work to do in me. I mean, really, if mom didn't love me, how could he? How could he have plans to use me? But he does, and he teaches me constantly. And I'm so thankful to be growing in Christ with Max at my side. A few years ago, we did a study on the hole in the gospel, and this really started to pull on our hearts to go and serve. We began to hold things with an open hand, and this past February, we went to the on the Canada conference trip to Ecuador. This really confirmed where God wanted us, in the mission field. Prior to this trip, Max and I had begun talking about going to South America with the purpose to volunteer for about six months and be here, be back here for six months to share, promote, work. We talked about selling our stuff and traveling in a bus or on the bikes. We didn't know where or how we could be used. We only knew that we needed to go and serve. There were so many unknowns in the beginning. We talked round and round about selling everything, possessions and our home, or subdividing the property and selling the house, but still keeping a piece of property to come back to, or renting out the house so costs were covered and still living on the property. We prayed for wisdom, guidance, good tenants. We did pros and cons on it all. We decided to rent the house and live on the property. But praying through it all, it became apparent this was all a distraction. Sell the whole thing became clear. The more we surrender and let go, the more unknowns became knowns. Now, to back up a bit, after Ecuador, when it became clearer for us the direction of God's will, not ours, remember, missions was for others. We started discussions with Merge and Serve Globally. Serve Globally was previously called Covenant Missions. The Evangelical Covenant Church and the Covenant Church of Canada are such amazing conferences to be a part of. They have so much to offer. 
And I highly recommend going to a live this October and experiencing just a small portion of it. This and alive, it's not just for the older generation. It's a time for adults to meet, learn, and fellowship. Anyways, we filled in our, our applications and things began to progress slowly. There were many options and we were praying and trying to figure things out. How could one month work? Three months? Costs? Housing? We were so hungry to go and serve that we were in the living room talking in circles. Meanwhile, God's around the corner in the dining room waiting for us to be still long enough to say, hey, I'm over here, and the table's all set. When we made the decision to sell and downsize the house and sell our possessions in order to pay for our, our October mission, then things really began to happen quickly. One month became four. Then it was, yes, Argentina, you're approved, we're going. We went from never us to possibly we could, to maybe, to yes, it's radical, but yes, this is where we really fit in. Our skill sets are matched to these trips. My administration and accounting background, along with knowledge of construction, operation of tools and equipment, will be put to good use. Max's unending list of skills will be a benefit in all areas, from small business classes to construction, heavy equipment operator, and even making puppets for kids. In all of these projects, we will, we will be working alongside locals and will be able to share our knowledge as well as learn from them. Never say never. We recently said, you know, we don't think we could or would want to live in the city again. We didn't get information on La Plata, Argentina, where we'll be going, and we said yes when God said here, but it's a city of 3,800 people per square kilometer. I'll let Max explain more about this ministry that we're called to, but, I'll pray, but I pray that you'll see that we're just a couple. Our backgrounds aren't full of pretty roses, everything all neat and tidy. It's beautiful in parts, it's ugly in parts, it's messy, but God's had a plan for us all along. We just had to fully surrender to his will, and that's a scary thing. Praying that his will is done in our lives, but his plan is so much greater than anything I could imagine. And I pray that we'll glorify him and that others will see Christ through us. And I'm excited about whatever's next, whatever it's going to be. Can you hear me now? <laughs> um, I ran out of elements this morning. What a problem to have, eh? That's awesome. Um, uh, I grew up in a non-Christian home, the youngest of eight kids. Actually, I only knew uh, three sisters and one brother until the adoption registry in BC was opened. Uh, and then my mom told us that she had been carrying a secret, that we actually had two more sisters and one more brother, make a total of eight kids. Um, five of these siblings are old enough to be my parents. Um, uh, when I was six, uh, my dad died. Uh, he didn't leave a will, so my mom had to work constantly to make ends meet for the three of us that were still at home. 
that absence, absence meant that I was left with my uh, teenage brother and sister as role models. Uh, they were following after my two older sisters who were fully products of the 60s. Uh, one was quite hippie and uh, the other one was uh, moved to the States and got involved in a militant movement, so uh, fully 60s and the, the, the uniting bond was the drug culture. Um, I quickly picked up the habits of teenagers trying to be adults, not a lot of quality direction direction there. In, in fact, alcohol and drugs were a rite of passage and a way of life from my first introduction to cocaine at 13 years old. Um, I didn't pick it up off the street, but from a well-meaning family member trying to help me cope. Um, I had always struggled in school. At best, I was a C student, uh, not because I was thick, but uh, more because I was bored. Um, I just wasn't interested in the whole social thing, so I dropped out a third of the way through grade 11. Uh, I, was, I poked around for a few months and then was convinced to go back and give it another try. Uh, so I entered into a program called SWAP in, in West Vancouver. It's a Sentinel Work Activity Program, uh, or as the kids in the other school like to call it, uh, call it students with a problem or students with a pipe or something like that. Um, it was uh, a program, a minimal essentials program for uh, misfits like me to give us a last chance to try and graduate. Um, uh, when, I, when I finally was allowed to work at my own pace, I actually graduated that same year. So a year and a, uh, two thirds worth of school in one in six months. Um, so like Colleen, I graduated a year early. Uh, by this time, I had already signed on with, to a mortgage with my family. Uh, so coming straight out of high school, it meant I had uh, my own place and a place to party and live life large, we did. Um, this lifestyle continued to about three years after meeting Colleen. Uh, at that time, we got involved with the network marketing business. For the first time, both of us had a Christian influence uh, in our lives, albeit somewhat misguided. Uh, it was more a business decision uh, than a reform of the heart. Um, at age 24, I was diagnosed with cancer, and we spent the majority of that year in chemotherapy. I must emphasize we, because there was previously no indication that Colleen and I would ever get married. Um, but she didn't leave, as many would have. She uh, went through that journey with me. Uh, this was where we really started to contemplate God. Certainly, hey, he had our attention. <clears throat> Trying to sort out the why me's of cancer takes one into some deep water. We had given our lives over to Jesus, but we floundered. Admittedly, it was a half-hearted affair. We didn't understand the importance of having a ready Christian guide. Um, uh, up to this point, our Christian encounters were strange, uh, or mine were, uh, from a stepdad for one year uh, who, was, who collected Bibles. 500 Bibles is too many Bibles to keep to yourself. Uh, to selling pot to the youth group, I had to finance my habit somehow. Uh, 
uh, to the random gal uh, telling me to read Job. It's really good. Nothing else, just that. This while I'm bald as a cue ball, hooked up to a chemo bag. Even now, they still seem strange. Uh, I just thought that's how Christians were. Awkward. Um, Over the next few years, we grew in faith, and we knew we had to get our living living arrangements sorted out. So in 1997, we got married. Um, Three years later, we moved from our hometown of North Vancouver to the Kootenays. Uh, And our our new Christian values, as limited as they were, absolutely conflicted with our family status quo. Uh, Three years after that, we moved from Balfour to the Slocan Valley, along with my elderly mom who had come to live with us shortly after we arrived in the area. Um, We helped plant the Junction Church. Uh, This was the first time we saw Christian relationships beyond superficial Sunday greetings. we realized God's movement and really started to recognize his, uh, recognize his pursuit of us up to this point in our lives. Uh, we were so impressed with the covenant's central beliefs and the affirmations that we became members. We realized that this was a missing component of other churches we had experienced. Uh, we got more involved in church leadership in various ways and were able to utilize our skills we picked up over the course of our careers. Uh, It felt good to do God's work, but still didn't feel ultra-impactful. We were happy to serve nonetheless. Now, by 2009, my mom was uh, needing more care than we were qualified to give, so we moved her to Kamloops, closer to hospitals and her other kids and grandkids. Um, Oddly, over the years, our families did concede that we were the stable ones, so... I, I don't think I can take full credit for that, uh, as all we were, were doing was modeling Christian ideals and honoring our parents. Um, however, we were empty nesters. We were at a crossroads. Two options began to dominate our thoughts. One, ride off to South America on our motorcycles, or two, build a house. The first option was exciting. After praying and delivering, deliberating about it, we concluded it was too big of an expense that had too little return for the kingdom. And doors that were previously closed to option two began to open. We found property in Weimar and began to build our home. Now the process of building a house from scratch is not for the faint of heart. Uh, there's um, so many rules, regulations, uh, fees, red tape, hoops, hidden expenses at every turn. Uh, In addition to these challenges, we had signed on with an unscrupulous finance company that could pull hefty fees, surcharges, even penalties seemingly out of a hat. While I was busy with construction, to my shame, I was oblivious to Colleen getting pulled out into the deep stormy waters of hopelessly overextended finances. Um, it, It was a public affair. Uh, and immediately af- after the uh, situation came to light, Jesus stepped in and began an incredible restorative work. I could only stand behind her and encourage her as she, is, she had modeled devotion to me through my cancer so many years before. This whole experience was humbling to say the least. It ha- however, it changed the things we valued. It exposed us the peculiarities we'd struggled with for 16 years. When compared to, the, to God's work, 
the idea of paying interest on a mortgage for a house that was way more than we need or deserve just felt like a waste. Uh, we question why two people with no kids need to have a nest. We also felt willing to go, but had turned down a few opportunities due to timing and commitments. Uh, we, we felt as though we were making excuses. We're willing, Lord, but you need to make an appointment. <laughs> um, now, if you really want to hear God, try something like this. Lord, search me. Examine my heart. Cleanse me of my iniquity so I can be useful to you. Forgive my idolatry. May your will be done. These aren't magic words, but if you seek to move into God's will and approach him with your very life in loose grips, he may say no for a while, but when he gives a nod, things happen fast. Now, uh, we've been reading Oswald Chambers. Uh, we've had to pick some books that we're going to take with us on this trip. And uh, we can't go to South America with books like this. So we, uh, we picked Upmost for His Highest, and we've started into that. It's a nice little small book, but man, is it ever packed with good stuff. Uh, and just this week, he's hit us with some good ones, some confirmation. Uh, he, we talked about... Uh, David in Samuel when David asked for some water to be drawn, drawn from a well that's in a town behind enemy lines and his, his three mighty warriors go and battle through the line and bring him back a jug of water he, uh, he sees the, the sacrifice that that water was and instead of drinking it he pours it out as an offering to the Lord so that, that's, the, that's God's blessing if God gives you a blessing use it don't hoard it otherwise the blessing will turn to a curse and it will become an idol to you the other, uh, other one this morning was uh, about missions and talking about surrendering to God and how he can mark you as he was talking about uh, they're mine and how can he mark you as mine if you're double-minded? So giving your heart over to God is, it just was a great confirmation. I've gone off my notes here just to include that. But uh, I'm also reminded of Labor Day here, and uh, I was just thinking about what, you know, gifts and what you do with them. Wouldn't it be a great testimony uh, to Christianity if CRA was calling us at tax time going, uh, we see here that you're charitable giving is quite high actually and we'd like to audit you because of that I don't know has anybody ever had that happen there you go awesome awesome yeah it, it feels good if that could happen every year to us yes I've got the backup here so it's, it's uh, <laughs> it worked fine anyways so now six years later we're able to reflect over our lives from birth to rebirth to now a time of radical refocus we see clearly godly pursue, we see clearly god pursuing us through all the tough times jesus preparing us for something we are certain we would never do missions 
At rebirth, we viewed ourselves as cheerful givers, so somebody else could go. Leave it to the professionals. Uh, thankfully, Colin, Colleen and I have grown together in Christ as a couple. We've moved along at matched paces in learning and learned through shared moments. Uh, to the point that we're at great peace selling as many of our possessions as we can, pulling out our investments, and even selling our home in order to serve God the best way we can. Now this may sound crazy, but when we look back to how God has rescued us, redeemed us, we have no problem letting go and surrendering to him. Last February we went uh, on the mission trip to Kayambi, Ecuador, and saw the great example of what Jesus can do with willing hands. We experienced what many of these causes we've given money to look like on the ground. It was encouraging to see the impact of very varied Christian organizations, what they have when they band together to serve Jesus' great commands. We saw Compassion Child programs come together with Covenant missionaries. We saw Merge Ministries come together under local church direction. And the appreciation that we'd come so far and invested in something so far away was humbling. But we'd all come together under the authority of Jesus and achieve so much. One of the more interesting aspects of all this uh, is that the South Americans, they have their own missionaries. Uh, when we send a team to them, it frees up their resources. Now, they don't have the reach that we do, but uh, when, once their resources are filled up, or, or freed up, they can reach out and do missions in their own neighborhoods uh, and the neighboring countries, just, just as where Acts um, 1-8 describes. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it was, yeah, that's just really encouraging. Um, these projects are great testimonies to God's love for his people. Uh, many of the people are not Christians that experience this mercy, but they can't resist to give their lives over to Jesus. The Argentinian leg of our mission will be to do a few different kinds of outreaches. Two covenant churches in La Plata, Argentina, have come together to build a community complex. This will provide a place to run after-school programs, preschool, daycare, and even scouts, all with Christian love. Exactly the kind of things we strive for here in Canada, but with one big difference. There are no government grants or programs to help fund the cause. Only a reliance on Jesus and his people to provide. Colleen will be doing classes on family budgeting. I will be working on small business classes. We will be working on small business classes. And, of course, children's ministry. There's always children's ministry and possibly preaching in Espanol. <laughs> no es muy difícil. <laughs> yes, Argentina is sink or swim Spanish. No English, no translator. Before arriving in Argentina, we'll, be, we'll have participated in two short-term missions, uh, one in Nicaragua, one in Ecuador. Both these trips will include children's ministry, women's ministry, and construction. They're all under the Merge umbrella. Uh, we'll be joining a team from Hillcrest, Kansas, and one from Dassel, Minnesota. And before we start our mission, uh, we'll be meeting our compassion child in Nicaragua. We sponsored Wendy for a few years, and we've sent letters back and forth regularly. 
um, will see her town, her school, and her home, and meet her family, who all came to know Jesus because of the Compassion Program. We'll be able to take her to the zoo in Managua for a day and further our relationship. And we hope that she'll be impacted by our visit and will consider our life totally uh, dedicated to Jesus. Uh, in all, we'll be leaving the last week of September and returning at the end of January. Uh, we'd love to know who would be praying for us. Uh, we want to be able to send updates uh, as we go. Uh, the lack of Spanish could be very isolating and frustrating, so we'd like prayer for strength in that area. Uh, crossing cultures from our task-oriented culture to one that's totally um, relational may be challenging. Uh, we want to put forward the most God-honoring efforts we can, so pray for Jesus to be glorified always. Uh, we have intentions to continue this type of medium-term mission uh, yearly, uh, so pray for doors to be open. Uh, when we return, we envision a ministry that will offer more opportunities to experience a mission for those that can't participate in our biannual trips or who want to go in addition to those. Uh, or that have tamed time and money and would like to personally see their investment into the kingdom. <laughs> uh, this is a work in process, so pray, pray, pray. Uh, finally, uh, we'd be humbled if you'd partner with us financially. Uh, if you can be cheerful givers, that's great. It's a fine position to have. God blesses in many ways. If we use that to bless others, he's, he's well pleased. So please think of us often for this journey as we'll continue pray to pray for the work here. And we'll send updates as much as possible. And may I also add, if it wasn't for this girl here doing all the, uh, putting this all together, we wouldn't be doing this. So she's my blessing. She is my blessing. God bless you. This is not Max and Colleen's last Sunday. It's going to be September 25th, and we're going to have a special invitation for RSLT and friends and family to come forward and pray for them on that Sunday to commission them out. But let's uh, take a moment to pray together, acknowledge what God is doing in their lives, and just praying God's blessing on them. God, it is really, really humbling to hear, hear the depth of your work in Max and Colleen's life. And I'm just listening to their story. Some of it's familiar to me, and I just, it's just such a powerful reminder that you are a God of restoration. Um, that you are a God who restores and redeems, and like Colleen said, in ways that uh, are beyond the imagination to be able to anticipate. And I thank you for their witness to us as a church. I thank you for this new journey that they're on. I thank you that they're willing to step out into it even when 10 steps down the road isn't, isn't even clear yet. But you've given them the next step to take and they're being faithful and obedient to you. Would you bless them? Would you bless them with overwhelming relational support both here and down in Argentina? Would you bless them with all the material support that they need in order to be a blessing and to be a force for good? and for your glory. 
in Argentina. May these last few weeks hear God before they leave. May they be really rich times for them where they are just overwhelmed by support and prayer and well wishes. Um, they um, are such a gift to us as a community, God, and we commend them to your care. We ask you to empower them by your spirit through your word that they would um, just flourish in this new calling that you have for them, God. We love them and we love you. We ask these things in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen.